episode 18 of Adelan Rising Podcast. On today's episode, we talk about the Inhumans TV show, Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur number 19, Secret Warriors number 2, Mosaic number 8, and Royals number 3. Doc and Adam, how are you boys today? I heard you had an eventful weekend, Adam. Yeah, I went off to London MCM uh, and I met David Hine and Fraser Irving, which was pretty cool. Nice. I'll talk about that in a second. Nice. I'll, I'll let, let Doc talk about his weekend. How's your weekend been? Uh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> just fine. Oh, okay. Well, not afraid. Uh, nothing involving uh, um, cool comic creators. books. Um, but uh, that's exciting that you met uh, Mr. Irving and Mr. Hine, uh, the 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 main authors of uh, Inhumans: Silent War, which is one of my favorite Inhuman books. Yeah. Um, oh. yeah, it must have been great talking it, to them. Yeah, Fraser Irving was a good laugh because he he also did the covers for um, Uncanny and Humans seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. Eighteen, yeah. nineteen, twenty. That was it. And I didn't realize, and I really, really regret not looking at the list in for the comic book guys because uh, I would have sent, I would have taken those issues off with me and got them signed by him. But I um I did okay. I did pick up um an issue of the Wicked and the Divine. I think it was what issue oh, so good. issue 11 I think he did the cover for um Excellent. but, but I'm they, a big fan of his work yeah he, so guys who listen take this to heart if you're going to the comic cons yeah check the guest list yeah. before you go so yes. you can bring the right comics to get signed yeah i because I, because <laughs> the, the thing the thing was i got there in the morning i was walking down the comic book bit and um I was sort of looking around. I noticed the big sign for Fraser Irving. I didn't notice the sign for David Hine, though, because um, his name was kind of lower down on his poster and it was a bit difficult for me to see it. Um, but until I, I got there, and I was sort of lining up to go and talk to, to Fraser and, uh, and then I noticed David Hine was there. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> OK, go and talk to him for a little bit first. And we had a really good chat about Silent War. Um, and he, he had his planned sequel and all that sort of stuff to sequ- uh, Silent War, sorry. Uh, that was really interesting to talk about, and uh, yeah, yeah. The, was... the sequel itself kind of got uh, usurped by the secret invasion story. Uh, did he give you any hinters as to what he had planned? Um, he he said it was going to be something to do with Quicksilver because after he did Son of M, um, right. he kind of wanted to do something with Quicksilver and the whole you know humans relationship with him, and kind of I I think he said it was kind of like he wanted to do kind of like a redemption for him. Um, oh. Which would have been interesting, but uh, it, yeah, it would have been difficult. Yeah, but I mean, it all kind of got taken into you know the Road to War of Kings and and that sort of stuff, and well, it's all collected in the Road to War of Kings at least. Um, well, I, I quite liked uh, the silent, the secret invasion in human story, but at the same time, I, I would have liked favorite. a sequel to um, Silent War. To Silent War, um, especially if they could have brought together the same creative team. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Fraser Irving was down for it. He would have been happy to do it, but you know, it was just kind of yeah, it was kind of one of those things. He just said that he was kind of a little bit miffed as to you know <laughs> that sort of stuff. But you know, I won't go into all that kind of thing because he <laughs> he, uh, he he did. We did talk for a long time, but um, I did find out that he was uh, he's from near where I live, so. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, yeah, he's in the. In, he comes from Somerset, and I live in Wiltshire. So there you go. Uh, a matter of de- a matter of debate amongst um, Inhuman f- fans. 
<laughs> so many of us, uh, <laughs> is when exactly did Black Bolt get replaced by a scroll? Uh, was oh. um, the scroll was the Black Bolt who took place in um, in Silent War um, a a scroll, or did he get replaced after Silent War uh, sometime around World War Hulk? Um, I like to think the latter that that. Yeah. Uh, the one we saw in Silent Lore was the real deal, and that he got replaced sometime thereafter. Um, yeah, I think David Hine was under the impression that um, Black Bolt had been a scroll since before Silent War. So, but maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was. I don't know whether he'd actually been sort of. I don't know if he'd been told. Yeah, he, I, I don't know if he'd actually been told by the Marvel editorial at the time. But you know, generally he 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 was he was quite a really. A really nice guy to chat to, as was Fraser Irving, and and I bought a couple of things off of um, Fraser Irving's stall. Stall, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's genuinely a really nice day. So, awesome. I, I'm glad you get to meet them. That sounds awesome. It, it was really always good. great I, when I, you meet creators. I did also see a few um, uh, Fantastic Four issue forty fives. Uh oh! Really wanted to First buy appearance. one. <laughs> really wanted to buy one, but the CGC graded ones were about four hundred pounds. And the non CGC graded ones were were hundred and seventy five pounds, but they were really good condition. Mm-hmm. I was just like, if I if I didn't have bills to pay, bills. a car to run, food to buy, <laughs> then and I would have bought it. But oh, it's, it's a great day. I darn you know, it, of... that eating thing! It always gets in the way. <laughs> I could do you losing some weight though, so <laughs> okay. never know. Well, on to some sad news this uh, um, week. Well, well, it's not the, sad. Well, well, no. Before we get into that, do we <laughs> just found out about the Inhumans TV show, and that is almost wrapping production. Ah, yes, yeah. Not a That's lot good. of uh, leaks yet. I mean, we've seen some uh, some footage. The um, the uh, effect of uh, Lockjaw teleporting in looked very cool. And actually, the full trailer has been leaked, but it hasn't been finished yet. Like, so it's very like none of the CGI, as far as I can tell, has really been been added other than yeah. Lockjaw. So um, that's, that's that's good. But then again, I I don't. I'm not a fan of leaks, really. I think that's just yeah poor from the start. But you can yeah. find it if you're one of those people that like spoilers, like me. So <laughs> I, I don't mind spoilers, but I mean the. Uh... You know, like we were saying before we started recording about about the um, the previews for the new Spider-Man movie, I feel like I've watched the entire film already. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how I felt about Age of Ultron, actually, so well, I'm glad I, I haven't really seen any of the Spider-Man trailers. I think, I think Spider-Man is because the majority of the push has been done by Sony and not Marvel, you're getting a hell of a lot of stuff in a matter of days, and Sony just haven't learned, unfortunately. Um, but I, I, I've been hearing some good things about uh, Inhumans on just, you know, looking at, at variety and whatnot. And um, my my optimism is coming back. Yes. Um, yeah. Just in time for my soul to be crushed again. <laughs> but um, uh, so I'm looking, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm looking forward. Um, yes. I mean, the, the, but not the, a lot of news. So I have, no. I have, I have seen the leaked trailer um, and it's, it, it doesn't give you much more detail on anything, but. It does look good, and I, I'm genuinely yeah. excited for it. So, yes, exactly. So it looks like the leaked trailer has done what it was supposed to do, um, <laughs> but I can't wait to see a new trailer instead of that one. Yes, yeah. Which <laughs> um, wait, wait uh, Agents of Shield ended this this week, 
Was it this week? Last week. Last, Last week. week. Yeah, it's a shame we kind of didn't see anything at the end of that, but, you know. They just showed the, um, the only trailer they showed was, like, the teaser that just had the recording and the Inhumans were flashed up at the very end. Oh, okay. Um, but, I mean... So, and then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. won't be back until 2018. But it's coming so back for a, a solid 22-episode run, so... Correct. Which is great. Nice. Yes. Well, they got a and, lot to cover. Well, yeah, yeah apparently yeah. they're in space now. <laughs> and and, um, and they've got a, a, an Spoilers. episode. They've got an episode that comes out on the day that uh, Infinity War comes out. So I smell a tie-in. <laughs> I love the unilateral tie-in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, right, comic books. Comic books came out this now. Week. Can I talk about my sad news? Yes, you guys yes. Get the now sad you go sad news. Sad news. Um, this last week saw the eighth and final issue of. Um, Thorn and Randolph's Mosaic, a fantastic series um, that um, is no less fantastic because it ended a little prematurely. Um, Very prematurely. Very prematurely. Um, But the first trade paperback uh, entailing the first four issues has already come out. I've bought that. The second trade paperback with the second four issues will be coming out in September. I plan on picking up that as well. They will both have places of reverence on my bookshelf. I, I loved this series. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's been fantastic and given the fact that, you know, he had to probably cut his final arc short with the yeah. Diablo, right? Was it Diablo? Yeah, Diablo, yeah, yeah, yes. And um, he did a really good job. I mean, you could tell it was cut short, but he did a really, really great job of doing it. Um, I thought issue 8 was fantastic and I, I am really, really sad that this series is over because Mosaic as a character has so much potential and could go like in so many different directions. It's kind of sad that we don't really get to see it go that way. I can only hope that um, maybe he gets a second shot at a solo down the line and Thorne and Randolph get to reunite and Emilio Lopez, the colorist, get to reunite and uh, continue the adventures of Morris Sackett. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really enjoyed this issue. I, I thought, you know, it was totally bonkers, but it was it was genuinely really fun. So it was. I enjoyed the uh, rundown doc at all, or you know, I I think the rundown is is uh, perfunctory. I mean, he he um, he uh, Mo- mosaic had found himself uh, trapped inside the body of what I thought was a moloid, but actually it wasn't a moloid. It was a, a homunculus that Diablo had created, and uh, he had this army of homunculi that were going to help him put forth some dastardly alchemy scheme or something or another. And, um, <laughs> uh, dastardly. Yes. By way of, uh, of um, occupying the body of this creature, um, Mosaic was uh, able to engender a kind of a revolt amongst all the homunculi and they uh, he, he no he inhabited the original one that the homunculi were modeled off of right Could you right. right right okay yeah. so he 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 uh turned the the monsters against the creator and diablo was defeated and then in kind of a, a postscript we get um morris hanging out with his buddy fife who was the young man the first uh, individual he had uh possessed and who can see him when he's in his intangible form and um, they kind of just, they, they rekindled their friendship and, and they're kind of like, well, we'll see what happens next. And um, we're kind of given an open ending that uh, anyone can pick up on 
you know, that if uh, another creator wants to incorporate Mosaic into a team book, I think he'd work great on Secret Warriors. I think he'd work great on Uncanny Avengers. Anywhere. Um, yeah, it's just a really cool character. Yeah. Uh, I, I do. There is a part of me that does kind of want him to appear in Secret Warriors and does want him to be that one that's with the X Men. Um, I know we're going. I know. Yeah. I know we haven't. We're not going to talk about Secret Warriors for a second, but you know, it would it would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be an interesting twist. Like, sure. Well, I think so. I think. Well, when we get into Secret Warriors, I'll, I'll talk about my my theory. But mm. my <laughs> only my complaint now is that you know the series never really had a chance to garner. A following, I don't think, because people, I think at the time it launched, people were so, um, well, you know, there was such a vocal um, outrage at the Inhumans at the time that it launched that a lot of people, I think, boycotted the book when they shouldn't have. And I wish that, you know, Marvel had at least let it go another, you know, five or six issues to see if any of that changed, but... Well, they they gave it a, a longer leash than some of the other titles that, That's true. That, that crashed. I think you know the the way that the market is with the monopoly that Diamond Distributor has. I mean, a book doesn't do well um, right off the bat. No one's going to order it, and a series can be essentially canceled before the second issue is even printed. Um, yeah. That's a shame. It is a shame. It's, it happens. It, it, it happens. It's it's disconcerting because it's kind of endemic of a problem in the industry. I mean, uh, Mosaic is everything I think a, a comic book should be. It's got a cool idea. It's got a creative team that's in it for the long haul and is very invested in the character. Uh, it's character-driven. It's original. <laughs> it's involving the Inhumans. <laughs> that's like right? all, all of my... Uh, <laughs> right. It hits all the right All my notes, favorites and- are on there. And it couldn't find an audience, and um, it's a real shame. Do you know the, the 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 best thing I think about this book is because for me, I think it's be, it's it's the fact that it it almost could have been, you know, like a creator own comic book. It could have been completely separate to. The, yeah, it could have been uh, an the, the image Marvel, or Dark Horse. Yeah, and, and it could have been its own individual thing. That's what I loved about it because it was just it was just so unique to everything else going on. It was so detached right. from it, and I think. That's also what's worked well for, you know, the likes of Moon Girl and Miss Marvel and that sort of stuff. But obviously in this case, it hasn't sort of taken off as well as we'd hoped. But. Well, you know, I, I think you can uh, only hope for lightning to strike at the same place so many times. Uh, um, True. Miss Marvel was an unexpected hit. Yeah. Um, and Moon Girl became kind of a, a slow boil hit. Um, it, the success of Moon Girl was only evident after the trade paperback came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I guess, you know, just, uh, they went for a third and, um, it was, it, you know, it, it's, a uh, it sucks because, um, you know, it, it came out at a time when there was both this weird pendulum shift, uh, people were kind of over in humans and there were some people who were like over too much quote-unquote diversity in comics and they were um, all like that, that like i said that contingent that was complaining yeah. about a lot of things mm-hmm. you know it, it happened at the same time that 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 uh tony stark died and and was replaced by riri williams and um and um uh 
Captain Marvel was becoming evil and re- and was replaced. Captain America was becoming evil and replaced yeah. by Sam Wilson. So like there's a lot of like older school fans who are like, Rawr. right? You know where where's my where's where's my white heroes? And um, it's it just uh, it's a shame because you know we had um Jeffrey Thorne here on the show and he is such, such a, great guy. a good guy. Yeah. I wish him nothing but the best in his future endeavors. And it's a uh, um. His the the breadth of knowledge about the Marvel history um, yeah. that he yeah. has and and his ability to uh, uh, incorporate it into the story just fantastic. Um, so I, I so think, if you haven't um, picked up Mosaic yet, please do because yeah, it's fantastic. I, I think I think uh, Jeffrey Fawn should do what um, I think the creator of what was it Mantis did. Um, basically take the character from, you know, the, the essence of the character and just go and make a create our own comic book at some point. Um, cause that, what did he, what did I, he well, end up doing? I think, I think I read somewhere that the guy who created Mantis, um, he basically took kind of like, you know, what made the character the Mantis and then just like took it over to like DC to image to all that sort of stuff and just made that sort of almost, it almost became a stereotype of him. Um, because mm. he always made this character, and I kind of, I kind of, I kind of want Jeffrey Fawn just to take Mosaic as an idea over to like, <laughs> you know, um, over to Image, over to Dark Horse, that sort of stuff. And just, just make a creator-driven comic because he could do it, and I think, I think it would do pretty well over at Image. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> just saying, just saying. You know? I guess yeah. I should look up Mantis and see who. Uh, right. I, I, I can't recall exactly who the creator was. No, um, she's, I, she's pretty obscure, to be honest. I did read that that whoever he or she was was not happy with the portrayal in the Guardians of the Galaxy sequel. Yeah, um, that's true. That's that's probably the um, the reason why the article came up, to be honest. Ah, so. right. <clears throat> so, um, moving on to happier news, we have a brand new story arc uh, beginning in the pages of Moon Girl and Devil Dice. What a fun issue! Starting yeah. with issue 19. And I'm happy to report that even though um, Amy Reader is not involved in this issue, that Brenda Montclair and Natasha Bustos and Tamara Bonvillain were able to maintain the magic, you know. Uh, Amy's definitely missed, but Moon Girl is still just as much fun as as it ever has been. Um, Guys, and, um, <clears throat> double yeah. dinosaur in a space suit. That's, <laughs> that's all you need to know. Yes. <laughs> I, think, I think devil dinosaur in that little spaceship as well was just, just yes. funny as anything. <laughs> it was just so great. And then, um, I don't know if Doc wants to give the rundown, but I, I'm glad to see that the, the Doombot head has, has a place in Luno's <laughs> office. Yeah. <laughs> That or not her great. office, but you know, her, her underground lab. layer. I will tell lab. you something about fathers. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's an uh, interesting choice. I mean, I don't know if I'd have a machine in my in my office whose sole purpose was to hurl insults at me, but um, it, it helps the narrative of the issue because uh, the, uh, the Doombot head kind of acts as a, a Watson to um, Moon Girl's Sherlock. They, uh, instead of they're relying on exposition. They, their their conversation moves the, f- the plot forward. It's a, a neat trick. Um, it is. Uh, so in the story, um, uh, so I mean, as the issue begins, um, things have been going re- really well for L- Lunella. She's been riding high since ever since her her victory against the Legion of Dooms. Um, 
uh, her and her, her and Devil Dinosaur are kind of local celebrities on Lower East Side. Um, she's finally found the appreciation and validation she had so much wanted, but it doesn't change the fact that she still has to sit through the tedium of middle school science. And uh, her teacher has assigned her class uh, uh, to do a report on the moon. Since she named after the moon, she feels she needs to go above and beyond. And through her tinkering and whatnot, she's she comes across uh, a radio transmission from some mysterious girl named Ila, who is lost. Um, and she uh, she uh, Lunella goes down to her lab and she triangulates where this message is coming from. It turns out it's coming from the cosmos, uh, somewhere out in space. So course she constructs the moon mobile which is this cool <laughs> little spaceship that's powered by the omni wave projector um and uh they also get little personalized spacesuits, which are extra adorable um especially devil dinosaur who come looks on, ridiculous who, but awesome who, just a, a dinosaur in a space suit i mean it's with his little space know. suit arms it's just great you know the arms are the best part <laughs> So they uh, they get into their spaceship, and, the Moonmobile, sorry, and they fire off into the stratosphere, um, go past uh, our own solar system somehow, and end up at this weird moon um, where she where Lunella has traced uh, Illa's uh, signal. Uh, they explore the planetoid, but they can't find her, and then it ultimately dawns on her that Illa's message. Uh, she isn't on the moon. She is the moon. Moon girl meets girl moon. So I think we can assume that um, Vanilla, the girl moon, is the daughter of Ego, the living planet. Um, yeah, I think Brendan Montclair actually confirmed that um, we might not actually see Ego in this arc. Do you but, not? Because um, cause I've got the page she... open right now. And um, one of the planets oh. next to Illa right. looks looks an awful lot like Ego. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's, it's, she's a hop, skip, and a jump away from Ego, but I don't think he actually has a part in the arc. No, no, no. that's true, yeah. The the uh, solicited cover art for an upcoming issue has him on it, so maybe he will be, maybe he won't be. But anyways, that's where it's, it's on this cliffhanger that the episode ends, and it's uh, a lot of fun. The art is just so much fun um, it is uh, natasha bustos was like the greatest idea for this series and and tamara <laughs> von villain because those two work beautifully together and it's just been so much fun it's, the whole series is a joy yeah it's a lot of, it's a it's a good old time you know one thing that um i feel like is is needs to be addressed soon in in this in the series is this sort of growing schism between Lunella and her mom and dad um, yeah it, I'm starting to feel real bad for them uh, they they kind of seem like they feel as though they've lost their daughter and they don't really know how to get her back and Lunella wants almost nothing to do with them because she assumes that they can't understand how you know her because she's so smart yada 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 but um Right. Maybe seeing the way in which uh, Illa so needs her own parent will uh, illuminate uh, Lunella's <laughs> need for her parents. Sorry, so, <laughs> it sounds like a pun. <laughs> illuminate, yes. Um, but a great issue and a great jumping on point for anyone who has been thinking about 
reading Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, but haven't haven't uh, pulled the trigger yet. This is the, the beginning of a new arc and a uh, a great starting spot for new readers. Yeah, it's, de- it is. it's definitely a good issue. I, I still I still love um I still love the art on it. Just how emo- oh, yeah. just how emotive everybody is and that sort of stuff is just it's so good. Yeah, it is. It is definitely highly recommended. So uh, yeah. that leads us into Secret Warriors number two. Speaking of Moon Girl, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <More> Moon <laughs> another <Girl>. great issue. <laughs> Funny issue. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, Secret Empire. The Secret Empire is so doom and gloom and sadness and despair, and it's really nice balm to have this issue with so much kind of levity and sight gags injected into it to kind of act as a counterbalance. Um, also, I really you gotta you gotta it. say for this one, Karnak and Lunella. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Karnak in general is just like just such a great counterpoint to everyone. He's like, you're a bad leader. Jeez, I feel like I'm babysitting. You're a bad babysitter too. <laughs> sure, it, it, it's quite it's quite amusing because um because oh, it, th- this was another part of a conversation that I had with um, Fraser Irving. And it was just like how all comic book characters kind of like transform from being one thing and then another, and mm-hmm. that's that's pretty uh, seen pretty pretty well with Karnak actually. He used to be kind of this sideline character that was just focused on, um, you know, just you know finding the weakness in all things. But now he's actually a genuine, nice yes. sort of comedy. No, well, he's not really nice, but <laughs> no, but he's he's you know he's fun, fun. He's a yeah. fun character. Thanks, Warren Ellis. We appreciate your solo. Yeah, we do. It's really good. Absolutely, yeah. Karnak had been uh, a cool character, but he had never been my favorite because, you know, he was always kind of just filled a a simple role. He wasn't particularly interesting compared to Crystal and Black Bolt and Medusa. And what Ellis has done with his solo series and that that other writers have subsequently picked up on has, has just pushed him into the next level. He's definitely right up there with my favorites right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. So much fun. All right. So secret warriors number two, we got Matthew Rosenberg on script, Javier Garan doing the art and Israel Silva doing the colors and the team really works well together. Um, They do. I think that uh, Rosenberg has such an ear for dialogue. He gives each of the characters a, uh, a real unique voice, and um, the art He's... hammers home the punchlines just perfectly. Um, the the two of them work, well, the three of them work so well together. Um, I, I, know, so basically, uh, this issue was like a road trip through the Marvel Universe, almost. <laughs> it, well, it was a road trip. Yeah, <laughs> road trip. It was a legit road trip. They uh, last issue they 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 um, they blew up the. Um, the uh, the Hydra internment camp where the where the Inhumans had been held to rescue Karnak. And he's like, well, yeah, I'll help you because you have Moon Girl. Um, and but 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 who we really need is this mysterious character whom the mutants or the X Men have taken. So if we just uh, Head west. I know we'll find them. So <laughs> okay. Uh, so they grab a, a VW Golf. Which um, clearly is what a Hydra agent would drive, and um, start driving <laughs> west. Oh, how you really feel, Bob. <laughs> um, and um, the f- one of my favorite parts is uh, they're like, "Oh, we have to drive," and and Moon Girl's like, 
can I drive? And everyone says, no. But Karnak says, sure. <laughs> oh. But anyways, uh, well, but when, 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 when Karnak calls his middle seat. Uh. <laughs> yes! Middle back. Who calls the middle back? Well, it's the safest spot. <laughs> exactly, yeah. In the case of catastrophic conditions. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, Karnak. Such, such oh, a good God. character. Yeah. Um... So, so Inferno or Dante's driving, and we get a few flashbacks uh, from Dante's perspective, both before and after the Hydra takeover. And um, you know, he he really wanted to fight, but then was convinced to run. And then um, he he ultimately did fight, but uh, ran out of juice halfway through, and he ended up having to leave behind. Grid and Naja, and he feels just tremendous guilt, and he's looking for some method of kind of gaining a sense of self-redemption. Uh, so when they pass by this farm, in which it looks like a bunch of uh, hydra goons are accosting the the fam uh, a family, he he pulls over. And he's like, "We're going to go take care of this right now." Um, Daisy's like, Daisy, Quake is like, no, 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 don't. We can't do it. We got a mission. We got a cape on mission. He's like, nope, right. I'm doing it. Well, of course, you know, Daisy's right. This is completely a trap. Um, and the team comes face to face with the, the howling, howling commandos. commandos. Yeah. yeah. Who, uh, I guess they're like the monster squad from S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, they have Teen Abomination in it, don't they? <laughs> teen Abomination and, I don't know, Frankenstein. They've got Wolfman. Man Thing. Yeah, all of whom I guess have been either uh, um, turned evil or brainwashed, or the cosmic cube has made them villains. I don't know how you brainwash man thing. How? But, um, yeah, I don't know. Yes. It happens. Um, a big, massive fight entails. Man thing is a tough customer, and um, uh, Inferno wants to sort of sacrifice himself giving the others time to escape by taking on uh, Man-Thing himself. Just saying the word Man-Thing cracks me up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, it's my like man a euphemism thing. for something. <laughs> um, but uh, fortunately he doesn't die because um, uh, Karnak drives uh, the, the VW right into Man-Thing. I guess that's Man-Thing's flaw is... Uh, you can get run getting over. Getting hit by a truck? Yeah, I'm getting hit by a mid-sized sedan. Um, <laughs> and so uh, then they they escape and they keep on driving forward and they they steal a new car, which this time Lunella is allowed to drive. Um, it was her or Karnak? Yeah, well, no, uh, she's driving. Karnak's uh, sitting shotgun yeah. and he's I can only assume listening. he's got a brick on the pedal or something because yeah, clearly he's, he's not touching the pedals to accelerate the car. The truck, no. Because... They're pulling Double Dinosaur in a two-horse trailer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I already had this discussion with Matthew Rosenberg on Twitter. I said next time they need to steal the four-horse gooseneck because a two-horse trailer would just, you know, fall off the back of the truck. With oh, so you know your horse trailer, I see. Hey, don't, yeah. don't, don't talk about physics to a comic book I know. artist, it's okay. writer. It's okay. <laughs> the important thing <laughs> is, is that... Um, is that Karnak's in charge of the radio, and he's insisted on listening to Beyonce <laughs> on repeat. Because <laughs> he really is a nihilist. Um, so, 
And then, before they know it, they get they they run into exactly who they expect to run into, which is uh, the mutants of Tian, or Tian, or Tian. I, I don't Tien. know. Tian, which is composed of uh, Strong Guy and I think Forge and Archangel and Magic and Boom Boom and I don't know who these people are. Um, but it's the mutants and um, uh, it's got Beast in there. Lovely, lovely beast. Beast, and the beast is in there, and... Um, Archangel. Uh, yes. Oh, there Sorry. you go. <laughs> they they right. have... So every 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 mutant who's not involved in X-Men Blue or X-Men Gold is there. Um, and they have the character that Karnak feels is essential to their own plans. We don't know who that is. We assume it's an inhuman, but it might be someone else. It might be a mutant. I don't know. Um, and it's on this cliffhanger that the episode ends. Um, so, uh, who do you think they have? Who do you think Karnak I think um, is looking to find? Either it's going to be Lockjaw, Reader, or Mosaic. Three excellent guesses. Yeah, my, I, I, my own guess is Lockjaw, of course. Yeah, I, I think um, I think Mosaic or Reader. So, Reader certainly would be a handy one to have around. I mean, someone with reality yeah, warping that's, powers. That's the thing. But could uh, you could could you see though? Because like Mosaic's powers, he's like the ultimate infiltrator. So yeah. could you see what Daisy would how like Daisy would like flip out to have him? Because they could just send him in to like freaking inhabit Steve Rogers if they wanted to, <laughs> and you know, essentially depending on how long. Mosaic could keep them, you know. Yeah, and I, I think I think the I think I- we can assume, however, that 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 um, the resolution of Secret Empire isn't going to take place in the pages of Secret War. Oh no, it's not. But so, it would be so good if it was, though. Yeah, <laughs> but they, it would be really interesting if they had Mosaic. I think because they could accomplish a lot with both Mosaic and Reader. Because with Reader, they could just go back in time and change everything. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's true, but. You know, that's that's the thing. I I think uh, you got to, obviously comics are comics, and you can't really say, oh, well, if they had a time cube, oh, they could go back and change this. You know, but, <clears throat> yeah, Reader would be excellent. Um, Reader I, would be excellent, and, and Mosaic would be a good choice as well. I still think it's going to be Lockjaw because that's someone they can use to uh, to get all of the heroes who are trapped outside the the Global Shield back inside, and everyone who's trapped inside of the Dark Force Energy Dome, you know, sequestering yeah, but, yeah. Manhattan. Um, these are, you know, facets that could play into the overarching Secret Empire storyline. Um, and I, I'm kind of hoping it's Lockjaw because I'm also hoping that he, um, the reason that he's on the West Coast with the mutants is that he brought Luna there to be taken care of by Polaris, who but is wasn't kind of her aunt. Right, and but wasn't Luna's, Luna at the Braddock Academy in England? So wouldn't wouldn't she be removed currently from the Hydra takeover? Because it no, seems she, like it's only the United States. Yeah, she oh, dropped out. Right. So that she was dropped out. out. That was in. Uh, then, was it right. all new eleven? Yeah. Yeah, she quit. So then, where did she go after that? Well, in the first issue of the Royals, we see Crystal saying so long to her and saying, you know, if you get into any trouble. Lockjaw, oh, Lockjaw will take yeah. you to Karnak. So we already have this sort of, um, you know, play this, uh, you know, a hint yeah. 
that 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 uh, lockjaw would be used to keep Luna safe, and I don't know. We'll see what That's happens true. in a couple. Weeks. I would love for Luna and Lunella to meet because they would be such polar opposites of each other. It would be great. <laughs> yeah, the two of them. Uh, and possibly even friends. <laughs> oh, maybe, no. maybe. Don't push it too far. <clears throat> um, but it's a fun issue. There's a great scene where uh, the three, uh, where they're all been driving for hours, and uh, Miss Marvel and and Daisy are both asleep in the back seat, just like face up against the window, snoring, and uh... <laughs> and Lunel is like. <laughs> Karnak is staring at me. <laughs> and Gossie's like, yeah, he does that. <laughs> we're still we're still kept a little bit in the dark as to what it is about Lunella that has Karnak so fascinated. Has him, you know, like he, he had been willing to really delve into his nihilism once uh, the Terrigen Cloud was destroyed and, and whatnot. And somehow seeing her has, has shook him out of that. It's um, I think he sees hope in her, and uh, um, I'm looking forward to that being explored further. You know, the one character who hasn't gotten a whole lot of page page time or or good line one liners has been Miss Marvel. Um, oh, I, d- I don't know. There was there was a good one liner at the start, which was yeah. like which was like I don't I, I shouldn't have to make myself I shouldn't have to shrink myself to stop her because you can't stop man spreading. Yes, man spreading. <laughs> <laughs> is that when a fella like w- when a fella like makes his legs go wide or something? Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. Spreading, okay. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, that's a good line. You're right. Um, <laughs> it was the only line, though, pretty much. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It was it, really it, a lot of focus on Dante. I'm glad Dante had time to shine because he really hasn't lately. Yeah. Um, so I was glad to see him have time to shine, but it really seemed to focus more on Karnak. Lunella and and Dante more than any of the others. Well, I mean, Karnak and, and Lunella they 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 steal the show just by being there. Uh, you know, the first episode was very much Daisy centric. This second issue, I think, was meant to be very Dante centric. Yeah, and perhaps issue three will be centric on another character. You know, we're definitely going to get a a, a throwdown. Um, between uh, Miss Marvel and Daisy, because the two of them oh, yeah. have fundamental disagreements about um, everything. <laughs> everything. Well, uh, because I think I think you have Daisy, who was you know raised by Nick Fury, and she's a bit of a cold pragmatist, and then you've got Miss Marvel, who's who's been an Avenger and a hero, and she's she's definitely got um, has more of an idealistic outlook. Yeah, in her mind, heroes don't do shady things. And Daisy's been a spy, and a, and she's done a lot of shady things. I was going to say, and, by um, by default, she's shady. If you're yeah, a spy, you've got yeah. to be. So, um, and uh, that's the although the one complaint I, I've had about this series is seeing um, the these characters. It looks as though they're they're killing care, uh, the bad guys. Um, I mean. I'm all for killing Nazis and everything. That's great, but um, some of these, some of these goons are just mind controlled, um, and Miss um, Marvel just chucks one, and he's going about thirty stories up in the air. He's not going to be okay when it comes down. You know? Right. <laughs> um, I can't imagine that that uh, 
G. Willow Wilson and, and, and Sanara, uh, Sana Anarnat uh, would be very happy with, with the fact that... Um, well, I that know... I know killed someone. Ma- Matthew Rosenberg has reached out to the creators of a lot of these comic characters, and he has thoroughly researched them, so I'm not quite sure. Maybe it might be an artist thing, not necessarily what he has in the script. Yeah, it's definitely an artist thing, because I mean, and it's a nitpick on my part. It's... it's uh, Otherwise, it's a fantastic series, and uh, I think um, when it comes to um, road trip stories, uh, the only other uh, author I think who's really good at them is Dennis Hopeless, so kudos Matthew Rosenberg, so I don't think those are always the easiest issues to do. Are you talking about the road trip story and and Spider-Woman? Well, he's had several road trip stories, so <laughs> and they were all really good. And so he he had his road trip issue here, and I thought he did a really fantastic job. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's, it's so it was such an issue, uh, issue even. The the I mean, this this team is so strangely cobbled together; they don't really make any sense. <laughs> um, yet the the dialogue and and characterization um, already they're feeling like a this just this wonderful dysfunctional family and yeah. just two issues in and this is this wonderful synergy um, very impressive um, I think I'm not sure but I think this is the 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 Inhuman series that will garner the most mainstream appeal yeah yeah I, I think so and it's Absolutely, also I agree I think for me it's also probably at the moment other than potentially Black Bolt, it's probably my favourite Inhuman series at the moment, full stop, to be honest with you. I really really enjoy it. I think it's really good. I mean, obviously, we've only had two issues. I can't really comment too much, but yeah, it's it's been really good. I've liked it a lot. I mean, I'm not super enjoying the Secret Empire story. It's just, there hasn't been enough time that's going by, because we're actually in the middle of our own Secret Empire here in the States. Um, So it's... Uh, and exactly. So it's, I'm kind of I'm not getting enough escapism, and that has only, you know, just to a small extent, uh, blemished my enjoyment. I, I I'm liking that 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 Royals and and um, Black Bolt are taking place off Earth and don't yeah. have to yeah. deal with all this yeah. Michigana because. Um, but I will say, for launching a series in the middle of a crossover, he's done a fantastic job. Yeah. 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 He, this guy, uh, Mr. Rosenberg, he's going to be a big star. I think um, uh, he's a, a real talent, and I hope um, that they don't try and steal him away for some other book because. Um, no, he needs to stay on this one for the long haul. I was about to say, didn't he, he? Did he write something else at some point? He wrote Quake. Um, he wrote the Quake one shot, fiftieth anniversary Agents of Shield one shot. Did he also yes, write? He did, did he? Did he Kingdom. write Agents of Shield in general, or was that somebody else? No, but then he wrote another. Another. Who well, he might have. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I might. I've, I've read he his name somewhere. He wrote something but... two years ago. He yeah. he actually just posted on Twitter about that. Actually, hold on. Um, <laughs> he he wrote know. a a miniseries, uh, Civil War Kingpin. Oh, uh, Civil War Two yeah. Kingpin. That but no, that's pretty funny. Ago. Oh, years hold ago. On, I don't know, I, years ago. Yeah, yeah. 2015. Also, he, he was saying he was puking yesterday, so, you know, poor Matthew Rosenberg, we hope you're feeling better. <laughs> Who tweets about that? Matthew Rosenberg does. He said, to quote his Twitter, he goes, I forgot to talk about it yesterday because I was barfing, but it was the two-year anniversary of my first work for Marvel. I wrote a 10-page X-Men Moon Knight story in Secret War- Wars Journal Number 1 with the amazing... 
Luca Pizzari. Ah, okay. Moon Knight and X-Men. Okay, that's an interesting combination. Yeah, I missed that one. So, Matthew Rosenberg, we hope you're feeling better. And that your poisoning is over. Yeah. (laughs) All right, now on to the grand finale. And what a weird one it is. It blew my mind. And I had to reread it like times to make sure I was understanding correctly. And I still don't think I fully get it. We're talking about (laughs) Royals number three by um, Al Ewing, Tony Salas, G. Willow Robinson, and Jim. Oh boy, Carla Mipidis. Sorry. (laughs) The colorist is Jim Carla Mipidis, and a good colorist, but I screw up everyone's name, so I think we're used to that by now. Yeah. Yeah, we are. I. I don't even know how to start with this one. Uh, it just it, it changes everything you know about the Inhumans and what has come before. I think because when you realize exactly what's going on with Maximus and his powers, it totally makes you look back at everything from every other Inhuman book like completely in a different light. I think. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I've been fielding a lot of asks about this on on my Tumblr, and you know, technically, it is not a retcon because he doesn't uh, uh, the the script doesn't change anything that happened in the past. It just uh, um, expands on it and looks at it from a different angle. Um, and you know, the whole story is put through Maxis, Maximus's lens, and we don't know exactly how reliable a narrator he is. Um, but probably yes, not reliable at all. A lot changes. Um, you know, instead of trying to um, sort of recount what happened in the issue as it happened, I think kind of going at it chronologically would be the best. Uh, yeah. Best yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, like. Many, many years in the past, uh, Adelan, old Adelan, was ruled by uh, King Aegon and his queen, Rinda. And although the gov- they, were the gov- they ruled Adelan, their, their, big, their, their passion was exploring the effects of Terrigen on the human genome and uh, producing superior beings by way of accessing something called the Prima Materia, which is Latin for original matter. Um, big alchemy just, theme uh, throughout the story here. Can we um, just talk about that one line where he was like, <laughs> who else's children would we experiment on? Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, th- I, think he's, I think he's really touching on classic inhuman stuff. Oh, yes. yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's going all the way now. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, you're all in now. Yeah. This is, it was just so weird and fantastic. I love it. <laughs> at least uh, it's... At least it's um, uh, how do I put this? Well, that sounded like a massive knob. Um, mm. At least he's not. At least it's kind of like not experiment on the masses. Do you know what I mean? Does that yeah. sound bad? No. That's all right then. That's good. Sure. It's fine. It's, <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's messed up. No matter how you look at it. But but well, go least, ahead. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, that, um, Rinda and Agan. They they're they're experimenting on their own children, um, and, and it turns out that that Rinda's inhuman gift that was give, that was granted by her own terrogenesis is the ability to filter out um, 
to filter whatever substances come into her body. So like if she were exposed to poison, she'd be able to filter out the poison and just breathe in regular oxygen. And she's refined this gift so that she can be exposed to teragenesis and not have it affect her, but only have it affect the fetus that's in her womb. Um, so this is how she and um, her and Agon uh, were able to expose Black Bolt to teragenesis in utero, and it turns out they also did the same thing with Maximus. Um, only uh, their, uh, her her ability to filter she she takes out any impurities <clears throat> from the from the teragen, so that only a very purified version of the Terrigen mist uh, affects uh, her unborn babies. Um, and, and in this case, she has the Terrigen concentrate around um, the baby's, uh, the, <laughs> the fetus's um, nascent mind, um, you know, ju- thus guaranteeing that, that Maximus would be uh, born with impressive uh, uh, cognitive powers, um, a genius intellect, and perhaps more. Um, and uh, that's messed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, and, um, you know, whereas in the past, uh, you know, both Egon and Rinda had been kind of portrayed as somewhat regal and noble and whatnot. No, they're not. They're, they're total not whack jobs. Um, and um, they are, uh, they, 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 they do these experiments to, um, to, to create these two children, Maximus and Black Bolt, both of whom possess insane inhuman abilities. Um, and um, so whereas Black Bolt has very overt powers, he has this, uh, the, his, his sonic voice, uh, super strength and matter manipulation, uh, Maximus's powers are much more covert and um, cerebral. He, he has a, a genius IQ as well as... Um, the ability to manipulate the will of others. Um, but they also feel, and we kind of get another flashback to when he's a, 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 an adolescent or pre-adolescent, um, talking with his parents and his parents saying, you know, we believe that you could be much more, that, that, that your uh, mental abilities could expand, but it's connected to your brother only by only by being exposed to your brother's power will it unlock the full nature of your own abilities, whatever the heck that means. So, you know, what follows is um, is just you know episode after episode of Maximus goading and teasing and trying to provoke a reaction from his brother, hoping that his brother will use his powers and therefore unlock his own. Uh, and we get a, a flashback to a story that was originally told in the pages of Mighty Thor way, way back when, which um, involved uh, Maximus. He abducts a very young crystal, and he shoots a ray gun at Black Bolt, hoping that uh, that it will uh, cause Black Bolt to, uh, to use his powers and cut loose, um, but he resists. Um, then they skip forward a couple more years, and it's the whole scene, uh, boy, that was originally told in an episode, an, an issue of Avengers, um, where uh, Maximus has uh, conspired with the Kree Empire to um, to seat him as king of 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 Adelan, and 
um, at this point, Black Bolt has finally had it, and he uses his sonic powers. And um, this, uh, unfortunately, it, it 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 unlocks some craziness in Maximus, and it destroy it hurt it it, it destroys the uh, fleeing Kree spaceship, which crashes into the residence where the parents are, and 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 Aegon and Rinda are, are killed, and. It's not quite clear what happens to Maximus, but it seems as though he he is uh, bestowed with the ability to see and experience time in a non-linear fashion. Like he he feels the present, past, and future all at once. Yeah, it's kind of like and, it's like his consciousness is connected to basically his entire life, isn't it? It it's right. it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and like how can anyone stay sane with that? Like seriously. Well, he is called Maximus <laughs> the Mad, so Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Like I would go mad too if I if I couldn't even tell like what part is now. Well, right. yeah, yeah, that's it. From the, we we also find out that he he is the last inhuman that he's been living for some 5000 years and so he's had 5000 years of experience that he's always experiencing all at once. And so this is what so often leads him to seem as though he's speaking out of reference, uh, that he's having delusions, that he's confused and disorganized. And so maybe he isn't mad. Maybe he's just cosmically attuned or something like that. And, or, you know, maybe he's both. Um, yeah. And yeah. Um, it, it puts a different spin on all of the sort of, kooky, dastardly deeds that, that that Maximus has been involved with over the years. Um, and that, on top of that, um, his parents um, had warned Maximus, that, you know, be your brother's keeper. Make, you know, make sure that he doesn't bring about ruin to the inhuman people. Um, uh, through his mind, through his lens, uh, the the words that he uh, his parents tell him is that they actually don't trust um, Black Bolt to be a good king um, when crisis comes, and to a certain extent, I suppose they're right. I mean, uh, Black Bolt ends up making a lot of big decisions for the Inhuman people that I can't imagine. You know, they were good decisions. I think he freed the Alpha Primitives. He made peace with the human world. He he well, he destroyed Adalan to trigger the Terrigen bomb and defeat Thanos. Now, I don't think that his parents would have agreed with any of those decisions. I think they're good decisions, but I don't think they think they're good decisions. Right. And that they were hoping that Maximus might somehow prevent this. Yeah. He didn't. I think um, it's, it's kind of going back to the whole old school in humans versus what we've got right. now, really. Um, right. And it's kind of old school in humans were very... Um, isolationist, iso- yeah, isolationist, very sort of set in their ways, very, you know, you know experimenting on kids. That's a bit, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, to me, fair that that happens in the real world too. Yeah. Um. Uh. So not that it's okay. It's just that no. it's messed up. But yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's not okay. I believe actually was it. I think it was either polio or. Cholera. Never. Mind. Anyways, um, <laughs> so then we flash to the present, where um, uh, Maximus is on board the Astrion and Asterion. Um, Asterion and um, Medusa's like, "What have you done?" And he explains how he, you know, 
you know, Black Bolt has always had an immunity, a natural immunity to um, to Maximus's uh, manipulative powers. But if during times of great distress and duress, um, that immunity would would buckle, and he, you know, teased him further. He said, you know. Mom and Dad never loved you. They were afraid of you. They knew that, that you, you know, you would lead them to die, and you did indeed kill them. And you know, Black Bolt got so Horrible. sad and upset that it it enabled Maximus to get in and yeah. take over his mind. And from there, changing places with him by using an image inducer was all easy peasy. And so, while uh, Maximus was walking around looking like Black Bolt. Black Bolt was actually looking like Maximus and ending up getting sent to the space gulag. Um, and on top of that, they don't know how to get him back because he was made unspoken, meaning they erased all mention of him from the history book, including where the space prison is and how they might get get him back. So, Which just, yeah. is, isn't that a little bit weird considering, like... They've essentially just like excommunicated Maximus, and yet. Oh, yeah, but they thought it was Max. Yeah, and not yeah, that's what I mean. Black it's Bolt, kind of, and that's why. It's just. It's that's just, why we have the Black Bolt book. Yeah, I mean, it the, that that bit of the plot didn't work as well as the others, but I think um, you know he's facilitating what's happening. Uh, Ewing is facilitating what's happening in Ahmed's book, so you know they obviously it would be a pretty short series if the royal family just turned around and, and sprung him <laughs> from jail right, <laughs> true, right. true. Um, so instead they're going to move on forward and for some reason um, Medusa decides against just having Gordon because crack his neck I um, think it's because she knows that Maximus knows something Ma- yeah, well Maximus he does now yeah. yeah and and Swain with Swain there to offset his powers it might be a little bit better yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, because uh, well, I'll, I'll let you explain the uh, one of the one of the more important plot points now. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. What's what's the more important? Well, the plot? to me, it's the um, uh, I now know what a sky sphere is. Oh yeah. yes, which is is kind of been left over from Charles Soule's run, run. Asmus's run, yeah, which never got explained, well, but. Well, I guess we're gonna get it. Yeah, hopefully. And that'll be. That'll be intriguing to see. And I wonder if that Sky Spear thing has to do with those black cliffs that we see in the first issue. I don't know. It's it's uh it's hard to say. It's um uh a lot of uh we get a lot of answers but more questions. questions. Yeah. I mean it's, yeah. it suggests that the five thousand years in the future bit is pretty desolate. <laughs> I mean I mean with Maximus being the only inhuman there and by looking like the only person there. But it might not even be Earth. Well, I would guess that it is. Well, I mean, it's a good guess. We don't know. We, yeah, we I mean, don't, we, but... we can kind of see some hints, potentially. Because, you know, Al Ewing is also writing Ultimates 2. And Ultimates, the Ultimates Squared um, has... Uh, uh, their, 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 the story is really delving into the, uh, the, the origins of the Marvel Universe and, and, and how the Celestials rebelled against the first filament or something like that and firmament um sorry (laughs) (laughs) yes mom (laughs) you know what you know what sorry i'm being rude but you know i'm a nerd for both books and i love i love the ultimates if you're not reading it you should be yeah it's a good go ahead 
it's uh, so we're, we're getting, um, you know, Jung is really going into uh, the origins of life on a macro and micro level, you know, micro with the Royals, macro with the ultimates. Um, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't connected in some shape or form. Um, in any case, uh, it could be that Maximus is the last in human and he's maintaining some thing on Earth to prevent the celestials coming from coming down and and culling the planet like they have so many times in the past. We'll find out. I don't know. Yeah. That's an interesting theory, Doc. I didn't think about that. But can we... Uh, Sorry, Karen, Doc. Go ahead. Oh, I was just about to comment on the art. It's Uh, it's fantastic. Well, Well, I I liked the artist who did the present day stuff, not the flashbacks. Yeah, that's what Um, I was about to comment on. Tony Tony Sillis does the present day stuff, and Robinson was responsible for the flashbacks. And while I really appreciate Robinson's eye for detail, he recreates the costumes right from the original source material. Um, I felt that the style didn't gel well with the story. No, it was very jarring and very. Um, I mean, you can see that he's taking inspiration from like the original stuff. Um, mm. But it, it, yeah, I think you're right. It just doesn't match up very well, and it doesn't sort of gel. Well, I, I guess what we're hearing, and is that um, for some reason or another, uh, Myers left the book. Um, conflicting reports as to why. Um, and I think I, I don't know if this was always the case, but I feel like Robinson was brought in to pinch hit um, at the last minute. He did a great. Job he did. illustrating a book called Great Lakes Avengers, and I think that a book like that really sort of suits his particular style because it's a little more humorous and yeah. funny. Because uh, in in Royals, it, it this is sort of going. For, I mean, all this weird, heady, disturbing stuff, and then it's kind of the drawings look like Betty and Veronica, and I'm like, uh, it just didn't work for me, you know? It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a style that would really suit Moon Girl, I think. It's very reminiscent of that, in my opinion. It didn't. Um, it didn't bother me. I mean, I, I'll take back what I said when I didn't like it. I, I didn't mind it for the flashbacks. I prefer Tony Silas's art for for overall, yeah. the overall present day stuff. I think he's closer to John Boy Meyer's style, um, and I, I enjoyed his artwork. I didn't mind having a different artist on the flashbacks, and honestly, for the flashbacks. Having it that cartoony style didn't really bother me either because, you know, Maximus is the one who's kind of giving that point of view and, you know, it's <laughs> not exactly a reliable narrator, I don't think. I have to say, Silas does a really good Maximus. Yeah, well, the good news is that um, that Silas will be illustrating the entirety of issue four. So oh, That's good. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, don't get me wrong. I could appreciate I could appreciate the past art a bit more, but just in a different context, I think. Well, I mean, you look at books like Moon Girl and and uh, Secret Warriors, and mm. you see this tremendous synergy between the art and script. Yeah, and I think mostly because of circumstance, we've been uh, denied that in Royals because you know Royals number one. Uh, um, Ewing and Myers were really hitting it together. Yes. And, right. Um, it, we didn't get that same synergy in this issue because I feel like um, 
Robinson came in last minute. And um, again, yeoman service. I mean, the guy probably pulled it out real fast, um, which is impressive. But, so the book um, can still get out on time. So I thank you for that. Yeah. But like I said, the, the synergy isn't there, and, and I wish it had been because this is such a critical issue. And I think so many, uh, so much of the uh, Inhumans mythos moving forward is is going to touch back on this on this particular issue so many times. It's uh, um, a really important um, change. In, in, in things, I think especially um, with the miniseries coming up in uh, in the summer. Yeah, um, and it's going to be interesting with what Christopher Priest does with this information. Yeah, because by the sounds of it, it's kind of setting up that as well, in my opinion, anyway. So, yeah, and you know, I mean, it's a it's so many interesting themes in in the story. I mean, the 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 most notable, which is this whole notion of ancient alchemy mm. and the the prima materia. Um, which, you know, has all kinds of different terms, uh, the soul of the world, the anima mundi, um, I'm probably mispronouncing it all, the quintessence, um, and that, that Aegon and Rinda seem to believe that Terrigen is in some way or form connected to this quintessence, that it is, that it's, that if you could get purified, unadulterated Terrigen, that it would be similar to the primal stardust that, um, all life has been created from. And I think, I think that, that we're going to find out more about that as the series moves forward. This, this idea that, um, that, um, that we don't really know what Terrigen is. Uh, at one point it was, just an earthly mineral that had mutagenic properties, but clearly it it, it, it does. It's not. It's more than that. It, it's far it's more something than that. Bigger, um, something to do with the first matter, and um, that's that's wild. Um, you know, uh, yeah. uh, uh, another aspect that was interesting is is this line between um, you know madness and augmented perception. You know, is 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 Maximus crazy? Or can he just see things on a grander scale than anyone else? Yeah, uh, that, that, that's that's definitely an interesting concept because it's kind of like yeah, you know, he's essentially got a consciousness, you know, spreading across five thousand years, and you just kind of think, what what do you do with that information, and how does his powers actually work? Is he experiencing everything, or is like future versions of himself passing information back? So yeah, it's kind it's of like, like it's kind of like with the sky spears, is right. he now? Now he knows that. Is he then communicating with himself from the past? Is it a bit like, um, you know, what Kitty Pride does in Days of Future Past? <clears throat> yeah. You know, we, we don't know yet, obviously, but it'd be really interesting to see how it goes from that, really. Back in the. You can take uh, that anywhere. Yeah. Back in the late 60s, early 70s, there was a, a kind of a, a movement in pop psychology spearheaded by a, a, a Scottish psychiatrist named Artie Lang. Um, and, um, you know, he, he, his whole notion was that, that, um, that mental, uh, mental illness was not illness. It was just a different way of being. Um, he, he wrote that madness, uh, need not be a breakdown. It can be a breakthrough. It is a potential liberation and renewal as well as an enslavement and existential death. And it's like, okay, whoa. <laughs> right? Um, now, uh, uh, the uh, um, 
current research with the functional MRI and the effectiveness of psychotropic drugs have kind of made you know, Lang and Tizaz, uh theory is a little moot, but it's still fun stuff to think about. And, um, I don't know, cause you know, I think... It's, it's, go ahead. Sorry, I was about to say, it's kind of weird because that sort of stuff, you kind of think about it and it's kind of... Um, so going on a bit of a different uh, path now. <laughs> so there's an album I really like by this guy and he has had sort of bipolar since he was sort of younger than what I am. And he stopped taking his meds for it. And it's when when that guy says it's kind of like a, a different way of thinking and that sort of stuff. This guy that wrote this album basically put himself into a totally different headspace to one that he was in before. And the stuff he wrote was incredible. Now, I'm not saying if you've got a mental illness, don't take your drugs if you want to go and write a, a sonnet or something. I'm just saying that it, it's kind of it's weird because it does change the way you think. And uh, yeah, you know. I mean, you, you never want to romanticize suffering. No, but there's certainly. I mean, I mean, the the line between genius and madness is always going to be blurred, and um, it, it's a. Uh, I think you know, it's so much better than the um, kind of playing it up for for laughs that has always been the case with Maximus. You know, oh, he's crazy. He's schizophrenic whatever and, and he says funny things but now it's like well, well maybe this is actually something a little more profound yeah and i like that right. i mean i, I, like that I too, really yeah. enjoyed um, it really changes how you look at him and everything yeah. he's done in the past you're like you look at him and even like at the beginning of souls and human run and everything um you, you look at it and you look at what he said and what he's done and you're and now that we know what we know it puts things in an entirely different perspective yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> It was a, a mind fuck of an issue, that's for sure. Yes, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was. It was definitely a very high level. Yeah. high level. Yeah. Um, and and you know, it, it's so funny because I, you know, when they first uh, introduced uh, the royals and and in and the solicitations, I never even thought Black Bolt was going to be a part of it at all, and now he's ending up being quite pivotal a character. Um, now, of course, that's there's there's uh, a downside to that because it means that um, you know the other characters once again get a little less spotlight. But um, uh, I think it's uh, an interesting twist, um, and I and I still contend that next issue we're going to get a better view of how Ewing writes Crystal. Yes, uh, I'm which... looking forward to that issue, or I'm going to be really mad at it. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately, we have to wait a good while for that. That's not coming out till late June. Um, I know. Yeah, well, we've we've got we've got um, Black Bolt coming out. Uh, where where it'll be next week when this episode yep. goes out a week. Yeah, and then I think Secret Warriors is coming out not long after that either. So yeah, so we've got we've got a good uh, end of June episode. Oh no, it's we're, we've it's. Uh, an embarrassment of riches. I mean, I can recall being an Inhumans fan, and I'd have to wait months and months between appearances. Now, yeah. Yeah, I'm complaining that oh, next week we don't have any Inhuman books. What a <laughs> no. what a jab. That what a rat. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> However, next. Rats. You know what, Doc? I, I will. I'm okay without a week of Inhumans. It's okay. Yeah. I, I just it just makes the weight that much better because you know Black Bolt's going to be amazing and you know Secret Warriors is going to be great and you know Royals is going to be out of this world and quite literally and, hey. and 
you know, oh, I, I, I think uh, re- we are very, very lucky yeah. right now. It's a good time to be a human fan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it is. And I don't even uh, – I, I don't know what the next story arc in Miss Marvel will entail. Uh, it looks to be interesting, though. Um, no, it is a it's a grand time to be an Inhumans fan. Um, and uh, it's um, – I'm okay waiting a couple of weeks for yeah. the next issue, especially yep. if um, – uh, if, if, if it's going to be good, I, I, especially given that, that it's going to have one artist, it's going to be Tony Salas uh, doing it all on his own. And, and I, I think that's great. Yeah. I have yeah. to, I have to admit his art is, is very good. And I think it's whilst it, you, it's, it's different to John Boy Myers. I think it's different in a good way. Um, yeah, but I still think it meshes well with with the tone that Ewing is trying to set. Yeah, 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 definitely. But I just think it's a nice, uh, while subtly different, it's not quite as extravagant. How do I put it? It's not quite as like um, manga esque. Fla- flamboyant. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's 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 good. I like it. That's yeah. Um, All right. There, there is a. I, I, I'm not sure when, but. Um, the, the the solicitations for the upcoming uh, books have been given, and um, I don't know if it's going to be for the long haul or just a short haul, uh, but an artist named Kevin Lebranda will be coming on board to illustrate the interiors in the Royals. And um, I've only seen a little bit of his work, but what I have seen, I've, I've liked quite a bit. Um, he He did... A couple issues of Uncanny Avengers, um, and he seems like a, a, a very uh, a suitable go between between uh, Myers and and Silas. Um, so I'm happy that he's coming on board too. Although I really hope that the book gets an official artist who stays on because I like it when when the script yeah. and the art. Are, are have a continuity when they when they, yeah. they gel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have to agree. I don't like it when a series change artists frequently. Um, I kind of had that problem with I think Captain Marvel. I mean, I love the issues Christopher Anka did, but then after that, it's kind of been touch and go, and she keeps getting different artists. Um, and that I think it takes you out a little bit when the artist keeps changing. It was a problem with Uncanny Inhumans as well. Whereas like I think in um, All New Inhumans, we had Stefano Caselli for all issues except for two. Yeah, yeah. So, and I understand a fill-in here and there so that the art, the main artist can play catch-up, but I really hope that um, Royals finds a solid artist. Uh, it kind so. of, um, that kind of makes me wonder about Charles Soule's X-Men book, because um, I'm pretty sure they changed the artist every issue on that one. So, Which... I think there are going to be self-contained stories with a unifying theme. So yeah, that's, that's yeah. Cool. He said there's going to be like a more of an overarching arc rather than short little like four issue arcs. It's so going to be more ba- of a long... basically how Marvel used to do it back in the uh, '60s. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Pretty much, that's what he was saying on Twitter the other day. Yeah, that's good. Follow comic book artists on Twitter. You find out a lot of news that way. And and, and writers. Of... <laughs> and writers. <laughs> authors writers so i guess that wraps everything up we love to hear from you guys so please 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 email us at uh, the show at adelanderising.com or get us on twitter at adelanderising1 we love to hear from you and if you send us an email or something along those lines we will send you comic book codes so please please we love to hear from you yeah and be sure be sure to tune in next week where we'll be presenting a very very cool interview 
with Black Belt author Saladin Ahmed, which is not to be missed because it's a great interview. Yep. We had he, a lot of fun with that. He, he, he gives a great interview. I gave an okay interview. <laughs> well, you, you, well, considering that, you know, you tried weaseling answers that he couldn't <laughs> give. You kept trying, Doc, I know, but, you know. Uh, did you yeah. just call me a weasel? <laughs> yes, right. I did. It was, it, it was such, such, a, such a good episode to record, I won't lie. It was, yeah, it was great. Don't, um, so be sure to tune in for that one. It, it'll go up the uh, t- 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 seventh, the seventh of June. Yes. Thank you for listening, everyone. Yeah. And have a good week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.